0: In this episode of Fictional Hangover, we talk about wine and weed, the pest and the unleacher, and bedazzled breakaway blue jeans in our discussion of Out of the Dawn by P.C. PCCast. <laughs> Everybody, welcome to Fictional Hangover, a podcast about young adult and new adult and sometimes other books, series, authors, voice actors and illustrators that is full of spoilers. I'm Amanda
1: and I'm Claire, and today we're going to discuss Out of the Dawn by PC Cast.
0: Standard disclaimer if you haven't read this book please remember that fictional hangover is all about spoilers if you haven't read or listened and don't want to be spoiled stop listening to us and go read or listen to the book then come back if you haven't done this but want to pretend that you have or if you don't care about spoilers or if you just like to show so much that you don't care about any of that then listen up yay
1: yay i also feel like we need to say if you haven't read into the mist go read that first yeah. Or listen to our episode on yes. into the mist
0: uh, both of those
1: yeah, because you know, a part two of a duology—it's pretty important that you've got the first part under your belt. Yeah,
0: you kind of need book one. Yeah, you kind of need book one for book two to make any sense.
1: Yeah. That—that <sighs> <laughs> that is part of background information, by the way. but I'm quite sure you've got more for me. You
0: know, actually, no, I don't. Um, I was, really. Yeah, I didn't. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't go dig anything up. One because, like, when you search for PC Cast interviews, it's like all of our episodes. So
1: <laughs> I'm not... going to I'm going to Google that right now.
0: That's not very PC. helpful. So, um, just go oh back. Oh my god, it is. <laughs> just go back and look at you know, go back and watch all of our episodes with PC Cast because there's a million of them.
1: It's got to be one of the more prolific authors that have been on
0: it's amazing it's amazing how many times she's been on the show i feel like she's just she's just one of those authors that like you see her name pop up on something i'm like okay yeah pre-ordered uh-huh what is it i don't care pre-ordered
1: we have lists
0: we do she's she's pretty much on the top of that list for me (laughs) oh pc cast is coming up with a new book this year, how many has she published this year? Oh, don't worry, I already bought it. Is the, what's the title? Don't know. Already I don't pre-ordered. know. I don't what's released it. it? Don't know.
1: Already pre-ordered. <laughs> is it with Kirsten Cass? Don't know. Already don't. pre-ordered. Yeah. Yeah, Hotback? Paperback? Don't know. Already pre-ordered. Yeah. Is there an audiobook? Don't know. Pre-ordered. Yes. But yes, there is. We've pre-ordered both. Yes, pre-ordered.
0: <laughs> pre-ordered that as well. That's just how oh, I am. I've yeah.
1: been very excited for this one as well. Me too. Very, very excited.
0: Me too. Like, we love a duology too. And, you know, we don't get very many of those. So no, they usually fun. like
1: 15,000 books in a series, which is nice. Yeah. If you can be consistently good throughout the series.
0: Yes. Pointed so. look
1: at a certain vampire
0: series. It's okay, you weren't all great. <laughs> You know what? We survived an entire year of Sookie. We did. I think we, we did. did, and then some
1: did. because there was there was thirteen major books, and we did a short story.
0: Yeah, we did. We God, yeah, we're good. yeah, we did.
1: Toot everyone horn, toot toot. We're good.
0: Yeah, we are. Anyway, that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about a duology now. We're finishing up this lovely duology. Very Do you know excited. what
1: else I enjoyed about this book? My yeah. copy was hand delivered.
0: It was hand-delivered. I hand-delivered that to you in London. You did. And you can see our live
1: episode where we're together, actually together, poking each other in the face because we <laughs> physically can, on YouTube. It's there. Our fictional hangover on YouTube. Or you can, you know, go to your favourite podcast, Dispatcher, and... Listen yes. to us. Why listen to it you can see us? Right. Do both. Do both.
0: And speaking of live episodes, we have another one coming up yes. at the end of this month. Of, because, of course, we're doing a live episode on Halloween or for it's Halloween. Because bug. it's our favorite thing to do. So, everyone, make sure you tune into that. Also on our YouTube on Sunday, October 29th, 2.30 p.m. Central Time. And that's 7.30 PM GMT
1: my time
0: it's gonna be lots of fun because we've got some spooky friends joining us yes
1: you might want to have a look at the YA horror anthology A Taste of Darkness yes check out our social pages at Fiction Hangover on all of them
0: yes and you can see a fantastic video we'll probably do more (laughs) who knows we might just keep playing the puppets over and over and over again too it's fine I'm getting a prop delivered. I'm nervous. It's fine. Okay, I think that we should go ahead and get started with this episode. In the small town of Mitchell, the green mist settles. Not too long ago, Mercury, Stella, and Ford were there. But Ford is dead, and the body in the green mist is happy about that. Alvin fucking Rutland lets the mist fill him up. And as he does, shadows and earth fill him too. A little bit later and a little bit farther away, Mercury wakes. She had been dreaming of Ford and asks her newfound dog, Khaleesi, if she heard him in the cave. Soon, Imani comes in and gets Mercury up and around. She informs her friend that she's sleeping too late. And yes... It's okay to not be a morning person, and it's also okay to do some depression sleeping, but it's the fucking apocalypse and everyone needs to keep their shit together. Or at least compartmentalized so they can survive. Damn, Imani.
1: Compartmentalizing your shit, I love that.
0: Imani wants Mercury to go out with her into the Painted Hills so they can gather some colorful clay to build their adobe homes with. The world
1: technically only ended like a week ago, but Armani means business. I mean, she is yeah, she a does. boss lady. Yeah. She really is. Yeah. While Mercury was depression sleeping, the rest of her group, Armani, Stella, Karen, Gemma and the kids Georgie, Hayden and Caden have been busy building fancier latrines, fishing in the river and making their new home in the caves livable while they prepare to build their adobe houses. Amani wants to travel to get colourful clear, and also see if she can use their radio to contact Jenny and their friends they left behind at Timberline Resort. She, Mercury and Khaleesi hop into the truck, stopping to carefully cover their tracks and make their way to a scenic overlook where they find an RV. The couple inside are dead, but they had a gun, some canned food, a few bottles of water and some drums and a flute. And Marnie and Mercury take their supplies and then set up the radio. They're able to reach Jenny, who tells them that they're having trouble with the green mist. They let her know that they've made it to where they will create their future home and give them very vague but accurate directions and tell the group to come out to meet them as soon as possible. Before they turn off the radio, another woman frantically calls out to them but almost refuses to tell them where she is located. Which hmm, it gives both Mercury and Amani a very bad feeling. They head back home.
0: Suspicious person is suspicious. So suspicious. Everyone is pleased that Mercury is no longer depression sleeping, and they make a plan to travel out to some nearby towns looking for a library and other supplies. Can I just say how happy I am? They're like, you know where we need to go? A library.
1: I was, my heart feels filled filled with joy.
0: Yes.
1: (laughs) Always put a library on your apocalypse plan.
0: Yeah, definitely. Mercury, Stella, Gemma, and Khaleesi will go on this trip. Stella, with her bad feelings foresight ability, thinks these are the only ones that need to go, even though Karen is good at reading maps. But she doesn't know if Gemma needs to go in order to use her healing abilities or not. She only knows that she needs to be there. The ladies drive on twisty side roads and pass a community in tents holding guns and looking angry, which they plan to avoid on the way back. Gun People Road is what they call it. They see a herd of goats that they think about trying to gather before they make it to the town with the library.
1: They search the library for important information in books like how to make goat cheese, how to build windmills, how to make bricks, and other stuff. But as they search, Khaleesi alerts them to someone else in the building. They find a man with a dog. But the man is injured. Stella's intuition lets her know that both the man, Marcus, and the dog, Badger, are safe. And Gemma rushes over to help him and discovers that his leg is badly broken. It's gross. The bone's sticking through. It's a compound fracture. It's horrible. It's bad. Anywho. It's not infected, so that's all right. Phew, just that. (laughs) She heals him a little bit and then remembers him as the owner and cook at a cafe in town and they become fast friends. The group decides to let the man and his dog join them and plan to take them back to their safe haven where Gemma will learn how to set his broken leg. They gather a few more books, mostly medical ones, load Marcus up with some painkillers and head back with Mercury and Khaleesi and Marcus's Jeep and everyone else in the truck. Stella, she has a bad feeling that they need to get moving. Or actually, they needed to, like, get a move on a little while ago.
0: Uh Uh-oh. They drive a little bit, dodging the green mist and bodies when they come upon them. Gross. Mm. But soon, Gemma sees a young man shambling around in the wilderness alone. She demands they stop to help him, but Khaleesi, Stella, and Mercury have a bad feeling about him. (sighs) Gemma, Gemma lets me down a little bit here. She acts like a petulant teenager for entirely too long, starting now. But they stop and learn that the guy, whose name is Chad, which is another fantastic douchebag name, like how does she come up with so many good douchebag names? Anyway, Chad has been bitten by a rattlesnake. Good, (laughs) good, good. <laughs> Don't leave him to die. <laughs> oh, um, just cough. Just cough. So the rattlesnake bite is a tough wound to heal, especially without anti-venom But Gemma is certain she can help him survive. Stella and Mercury want to heal him enough so he can care for himself and leave him behind, which is the correct thing to do, but Gemma insists on taking them- taking him back to their home. Stella's intuition is telling her that this isn't a good idea and that Chad is the reason why they should have left the library sooner, but she doesn't really know why he's bad, so she allows him to come along. As they drive through small towns, Mercury notices a dead woman on the side of the road with plants growing from her abdomen like some sort of alien monster, and it's terrifying.
1: Mm, mm, mm. They see the goats again and think about a way to gather them, but they can't do it now, so they continue on to their home. Chad thinks it's pathetic that they are camping and not taking over an abandoned town. But no one but Gemma really cares about what Chad has to say. Shut up, Chad. Shut up, Chad. Ugh, Chad. Ugh, ugh Chad everyone warms to marcus and badger pretty much immediately because he just sounds like the cuddliest of teddy bears oh, Yes, and again no one really cares about chad <laughs> though as former teachers mercury Stella, karen and amani try to give him a chance as they sit down together to eat marcus asks if chad is related to a woman he knew and discovers that he is her grandson the women think it is curious that chad abandoned his grandmother And so does Marcus, especially when he learned that she could grow plants with her blood. But she died when marauders came through, which, when Marcus describes them, the women recognize as the group from Madras.
0: Oh my god, not the Madras group. They're the worst.
1: Everyone is safe now, though, and they all enjoyed dinner and took the injured men in to rest.
0: Imani takes her usual evening walk to the cedar tree, and when she returns, she has dire news. The destroyer, she mentioned just a few days ago at the end of the first book, is coming. She can sense that he's of the earth and not actually a man, but that he's angry and out for revenge. She tells her friends that they must move their camp up to the top of the cliff and begin working on their adobe brick homes immediately. Imani mentions that there's a small pool of water fed by a small waterfall and a bit of space up there to do their planting, so everything will be fine. She does wish that it was, you know, just a little bit bigger and a little bit better. The teachers do what teachers do best and plan exactly what they need to do to prepare for their move. Then they all finally decide to go to sleep.
1: No, they don't. They have wine and marijuana they and then go to sleep. They smoke
0: so much weed and drink so much wine. <laughs> Every time we mention them going to
1: sleep, it there's always... Weed and wine beforehand.
0: Also, every time we mention them eating or gathering together or doing anything, anything together in the campsite, weed wine.
1: Yeah, we'll just it's put amazing. that in there now. It's yeah.
0: amazing. Just know that that happens just every single know time. No, it's there. <laughs> it's always there.
1: <laughs> well, Mercury dreams of Ford, but he asks her if she's really dreaming or if he's actually there. Hmm. Then, he says he will come to her when she is really ready, but that time has not yet arrived. Yay, cryptic dreams. Yeah. She reaches Are they behind. dreams? Are oh. they dreams? Oh. <gasps> well, she has had a lot of weed and wine. I know. Who knows what the fuck is going on? <laughs> well, she reaches behind her to touch his leg and realises that it is covered in fur, then looks over and sees a and hoofprint, print. What? (laughs) Say what? (laughs) Meanwhile, elsewhere, Eva and some of her goons from Madras are out scavenging. Alvin fucking Rutland spots her and is aroused by her and we all vomit a little bit in our mouths. When she leaves her group of goons to pee, he approaches her and offers to take her into the mist to help her develop powers like his and then he shows off his ability. Leeches attached to his body slither off and kill a rabbit. Eva is intrigued.
0: Rose.
1: Sick bitch.
0: The next day, Gemma asks for Mercury's help in setting Marcus's leg. They get him all hopped up on painkillers and weed, which Chad whines about wanting more himself, and everyone tells him no. And then, on the count of three, aka on the count of two, Mercury yanks. The bone resets, and Marcus passes out. Gemma uses her magic to heal him while he's unconscious, which works very well. He's very nearly perfectly fine when he wakes up, Chad is interested in how Gemma can heal, but the only answer he gets is, it's the green mist. Shut up, Chad. (laughs) Shut up, Chad. Fuck you, Chad. (laughs) Later, they start carrying their supplies up to the clifftop, and Chad doubts that Mercury is strong enough to do some heavy lifting. Shut up, Chad. Fuck you, Chad. And while she wants to toss him over the edge... Do it. Do it. Do it. She restrains herself and again explains that they got their powers from the mist. You think he would have picked up on that by now? But he's an idiot. As they work, surprisingly, Caden and Hayden finally speak. Because if you will recall, they did not say one word throughout the entirety of the first book. So they finally speak and they tell Mercury she's their warrior. Yes. Yes, she is. Oh, yeah. Then they ask if they'll be safe on the cliff top. Yes, yes, they will. <laughs> when they reach the top, Mercury is very
1: impressed, as it's the first time she's been up there, but Amani and Stella flip out. Remember how Amani wished everything would be bigger? It seems that the Earth listened. God. The small pool is huge and filled with crystal clear water and the planting space is well it's amazing it's just amazing wow. they all stop to wonder how that happened i mean wow but then they think of all the wonderful things they can do now and understand it's magic It's magic, and they are very thankful for it they immediately get to work making their adobe bricks and building their sanctuary in the sky
0: Al wakes Eva early the next day and takes her to a river of green mist, ready to help her evolve. She tells him that the green mist did nothing for her. It only made her blood toxic to plants. But he suggests she needs to be exposed again, all the time thinking of how he's going to use her and control her and take over Madras. And then... the world. Fuck that guy.
1: That's just not. Just don't. No,
0: no. When Eva comes to after taking in the mist, she coughs and finds a living swarm of mosquitoes inside her body.
1: Nah, dog. Nah.
0: She can also hear and see and smell much better than before. She hears a nest of squirrels and commands her swarm to devour them, then launches them at Al. <laughs> She calls them off and then sexily approaches him. He decides he's going to have her, but not right now. Now he needs to go off and leave a present for his teacher friends. Ugh. Ugh. Ugh.
1: Mercury, Imani, and Stella decide to make a run to Mitchell for more supplies. The large group from Timberline will be there soon and they worry that they won't have enough food for them until their gardens start to grow. Gemma wants to go with Chad, fuck you Chad, to gather more colourful clay for their bricks while Karen and Marcus stay back with the children. But, you know, she's being irritatingly petulant about Mm. it, which makes the women very uncomfortable. Mm. Marcus offers to go with them as chaperone and everyone is sorted after that. Chad is being a dick the whole time of course because it's Chad Chad. shut Chad fuck you Chad
0: when the women arrive in Mitchell Imani is ecstatic to find a raw wood furniture store and the lumber they find there that will help with making all the bricks how lucky are they magic it's magic there are also rocking chairs that they drool over and decide to return for later They stop by the grocery store, the feed store, and another shop and gather lots more supplies, including surplus containers of salt, olive oil, rice, and other basic staples, ropes, and animal feed, too, and a beautiful ballerina skirt that they bring home for Karen. And it's so sweet and so beautiful. They also find three inflatable rafts and life jackets, which they will grab when they come back for the rocking chairs. As they're about to leave for home, Imani hears a kitten yowling and rushes to find it, but it's near the green mist and covered with leeches. (gasps) Imani rescues the kitten, and it becomes her new companion, and it's amazing, (laughs) and it's precious, but then she's swallowed up by the mist. This is Imani's second dose, and luckily she's okay afterward. Meanwhile, Al-fucking-Rutland winces with pain when his leech companions are killed. When he sees through their eyes, he notices it's the teachers that destroyed his leeches and knows they'll be going back to Mitchell again soon. Ugh. Creep.
1: After a long afternoon of carting supplies up to the clifftop, Mercury is sweaty and smelly as all and decides to bathe in the creek before eating a fantastic dinner of fish, rice and beans and greens prepared by Marcus. After Mercury's clean, she rests under a tree, exhausted, and falls asleep after smiling up at a beautiful eagle. She thinks she wakes when Ford snuggles in behind her, but he's dead? Surely it's just a dream. As they're about to dream kiss because, what the hell, why not, Stella calls for her. Mercury scrambles up and sees a man with furry legs, horns, and hooves bounding away. It's Ford. It's Ford. He must be alive. Just... changed.
0: Damn. (laughs) After dinner, everyone gathers while Gemma reads to the children. Chad... Thinks it's stupid. Shut up, chat. And Gemma seems annoyed by him, which makes all the adults so happy. Oh, my Maybe he'll grow up a little and stop being such a dick. And maybe Gemma will be more her mature self instead of a starry-eyed teenager. We all wish that that were true. Marcus takes Stella. Yeah, but they say so many times she's so much older than that on the inside, and normally she is. That is true. She's the one that talks a lot of sense. Marcus takes Stella on a romantic stroll, which is swoony, and Imani goes for her walk to the cedar tree. Mercury and Karen sit by the fire, and Karen asks if, when they decide to plant their garden, Mercury will lead them in a ritual. Coming from super-Christian Karen, this is amazing. She explains that she's learned from her new world that it's okay that she keeps Jesus alive in it as long as she doesn't tear anyone else down, and we all wish that everyone in the world would listen to Karen. That's a very sensible, sensible Karen. Mercury then asks Karen to pray and dance at the ritual, which fills her with joy, and she goes to bed, which means... She smokes a lot of weed and drinks a lot of wine. (laughs) Soon
1: after Karen leaves, Amani returns from the cedar tree and blurts out to Mercury that she can feel the tree breathing and that it wants to tell her something. But before that could happen, because, you know, honestly, we relate, she panicked and left. Yeah,
0: yeah. She noped out of there.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, wouldn't you? Suddenly yeah. you can feel a tree breathing. Yeah, nope. Give, give me five minutes to adjust. Mercury tells Amani that's nothing to be afraid of and that she could feel the essence of an elm tree outside her condo. She explains about her pagan beliefs and that everything has power, even rocks and trees and streams. Amani plans on reaching out to who they lovingly call Grandma Cedar again.
0: Eva makes a big announcement in Madras that night. She tells oh, she all can, the women well. <laughs> that they will be moved into snug houses right next to the park where they've created their garden area because her very important doctors have discovered that their blood makes plants grow. But don't worry. It's not like they're going to be taken out and bled. Oh, no. Nothing like that. Um, Yes, it's going to be exactly like that. For reference, please see into the mist.
1: can you say (laughs) fertiliser?
0: Everyone in town is completely fine with what they've just been told, except for one woman, Martina, who Eva immediately plans to kill, but she's able to escape instead. Way to go, Martina. (laughs) It's shocking how brainwashed everyone is and that they're all completely fine with being told where to live and what to do. I think Eva wears a red baseball cap. I think Eva is a testicle in an ugly hat.
1: She she is. She really is.
0: (laughs) Al is impressed with Eva's ability to manipulate the townsfolk, but he knows his manipulation skills are better.
1: Does he know?
0: He's still waiting for the opportune time to take over Eva and Madras and the world. Prick. (laughs) Prick.
1: A few days later, Mercury wakes up, super sore from carrying supplies up to the top of the cliff and preparing the garden for planting, which they'll do later in the evening after she leads them in a ritual. She's decided to keep it very simple and wants Stella to paint on everyone with colourful clay. So when she wakes, they plan to gather some more rich colours from the Painted Hills Overlook. While they're up there, Stella wants to contact the Timberline group to see where they are on their journey. As they drive, they talk about Marcus and how much Stella scarily likes him and then Mercury blurts out about seeing Ford, which is one of my favourite parts in the book. Yeah, I agree. (laughs) And also thinking he's alive and also part really hairy and horned and cloven. Perfectly normal. Stella believes her friend, got no reason not to, and tells her to tell Ford she's ready to accept him horns and hooves. They are able to get in touch with the Timberland group who are only one day away. But as they talk, the same woman from before cuts in again asking for help and again they ignore her, which Stella knows in her gut is the right thing to do. And you can tell she's a sussy sus person because you know it's all She's
0: obvious. just made of sus.
1: She's just made of sus
0: Later Stella paints everyone with dots and moons and swirls and stripes in bright, beautiful colors. Everyone, but Chad, of course. Fuck you, Chad. Shocking, no one. Fuck you, Chad. The ritual is brief and simple, but fulfilling to everyone, again, except for Chad. <laughs> Though he does follow Gemma with his gaze as she dances to the music played by Hayden, Caden, and Georgie. Mercury calls the elements, and Karen leads them in a prayer and dances wearing her ballerina skirt as a beautiful eagle soars overhead. And really, the entire thing is just lovely. I don't, There's not another word for it. It's just lovely. It's precious. The women finish their ritual by slashing their palms and adding blood to the water as they plant. Then they all rinse off their clay, eat dinner drink a lot of wine, smoke a lot of weed, and return to their campsite below to go to sleep and smoke a lot of weed and drink a lot of wine. Minus Stella and Marcus, wink. Unfortunately, also minus Chad and Gemma. Please, everyone, Tune back in for a second. You might have, you know, gazed off longingly in the distance listening to us tell you this story, but please skip the next paragraph if you need to. Uh, there will be a marker for you in your podcast player if your podcast player allows for that. But know that there are no details about what is to come provided in our summary. Later,
1: Gemma wakes Armani crying. She's been sexually assaulted by Chad. But now that she's made it to Armani, Mercury and Karen... She knows she's safe. Armani and Karen get her cleaned up while Mercury goes off in search of him. Gemma told the ladies that Chad had been secret gathering with supplies and was going to steal Marcus's jeep and together he and Gemma would run away together. Mercury is putting a stop to that plan right now. She finds Chad who tells her Gemma was asking for it for what he did to her by dancing during the ritual. <laughs> no. She knocks him out and tries him to a tree at the top of the cliff. Next morning, Mercury confers with Amani, Karen, and Stella, and Marcus and Gemma too, and then throws Chad off the cliff to his death. The spiky, spiky rocks of death. Rape is not allowed in their new world, and everyone who matters agrees.
0: Not long after this, the group from Timberline arrives. There are more than 20 of them, mostly women, including Doc, Hillary, and Jenny, and four men. Mercury immediately explains about Chad and the rules that they have made for their new world. Basically, they boil down to one important one. Be compassionate and kind to one another, aka don't be a garbage person. But Mercury, Stella, Imani, and Karen will ultimately decide what is right if disagreements arise. Mercury gives the group until the morning to decide if they will stay or go and offers them provisions if they want to leave, and a recommendation to avoid madras. And then they all unpack and enjoy a nice dinner and much needed rest and lots of weed and wine. Only one (laughs) man decides to leave the next day. So they set him up with some necessities and he departs.
1: Necessities did not include wine and weed. No.
0: Nope. He's not worthy of that.
1: Mercury, Stella, Amani, Karen and Gemma chat with Doc Hillary and Jenny and learn that not all the Timberline women have been exposed to the mist and there are a few who were but their blood cannot make plants grow though. Like Karen, they are enhanced in other ways. Karen admits that she can see the spirit world and Jenny says that plants grow really well for her and says another woman is a fantastic baker, another is an excellent seamstress and another is a potter. Doc Hillary can heal somewhat like Gemma, though she's better at healing the mind, which is very important. They also discuss the LGBTQIA community, and Stella's gut confirms that the mist enhances people spiritually and magically, not biologically, which is, frankly, amazingly remarkable. (sighs) Meanwhile fucking Al Rutland, decides he's going to go back to Mitchell to wait out the teachers and Eva thinks he's obsessed, which he, he definitely is. Yeah, he is. She has plans to scavenge small towns and he has plans to scavenge teachers. So, I'll meet back up later.
0: After everyone is settled, Mercury and Stella decide to take a trip back into Mitchell to grab the rocking chairs and rafts. Gemma wants to come too, but she's healed Marcus's leg completely, plus two of the people from Timberline, so the adults decide she needs to stay back and rest. Georgie comes up and wants to go too, so Mercury and Stella promise a girl's trip the next time they go. Georgie is placated. Gemma is not. Gemma decides she's going to sneak off and start feeding the goats, so they'll be able to gather them another time and bring them home, and takes Georgie with her. They lie to Karen about going to gather more clay and drive off in a utility vehicle the group from Timberline brought. They find the goats and start feeding them, but then Eva and her cronies drive up. They try to take the girls with them back to Madras, but they both know better, so they run. Unfortunately, Georgia gets kidnapped, and Gemma gets knocked off the edge of a ravine and is left for dead.
1: Gemma's having Gemma's a capital having A, capital worst. D at day. Fuck. Honestly, she just needs she needs a duvet day. She does. She needs a duvet day. Well, in Mitchell, Stella and Mercury gather their supplies, plus more wine because they definitely <laughs> need it, and plan to return later for even more good stuff. But then Stella has a bad feeling and tells Mercury they need to leave fast. As they're driving away from Mitchell, Al fucking Rutland shows up, because of course he does, and chases them down one of Eva's SUVs, which is much newer and faster than Stella and Mercury's old truck. But they don't realise who it is that is after them. Just as he's gaining on them, Mercury spots a satellite like man rush into the side of the SUV, knocking it over, then running off and turning into an eagle. Wow. (laughs) Wow. She knows it's Ford and that he's just saved their lives. But seriously, what the fuck? (laughs) What? Stella suggests that Mercury meet with Ford and invite him to finally reveal himself. Stella knows with her intuition that everyone in their group will accept him, just not immediately. They get back to their home to find everyone freaking the fuck out, looking for Gemma and Georgie, so they join in the search.
0: Eva and Al meet back up. Eva with Georgie and Al with a busted up SUV. They both explain what they did while they were apart and Al also includes his murder by teacher and resurrection story. He has a brilliant idea to take Georgie back to where they found her and let her go. So she'll run back to their camp and Al can follow behind later to finally exact revenge on his precious teacher. In the meantime, Mercury remembers talking to Gemma about the goats, and Stella knows that's where they'll find her. So they, plus Imani, head out there. And sure enough, they find Gemma in Ford's arms. He explains that she's badly injured and that he couldn't track Georgie because she was taken away in a vehicle. He tells the women that though Gemma is injured with a serious head wound, their other doctor will be able to save her. They rush off to Doc Hillary, but before they leave, Ford asks Mercury to meet with him later. Oh.
1: Doc Hillary isn't so sure that she can save Gemma, even though she has a strong mental healing ability. When Stella tells Doc Hillary that she knows she can save her, the Doctor realises, yeah, she can, if she has another dose of the Green Mist. They work together to find some mist in a creek and Hilary holds Gemma as it washes around them. This is only the second exposure for Hilary but it's the third for Gemma. Although they all know she will be okay, thankfully. (sighs) Hilary focuses on asking the mist to wash away Gemma's wounds and it works. And Hilary's okay too, thank goodness. As they're heading back to their camp, Gemma tells Mercury that she thinks she's delirious because Ford saved her And he has horns and hooves now. (laughs) (laughs) Mercury assures Gemma that she's perfectly fine. She's
0: fine. She's fine. She's fine. fine. When they get back to camp, not long after, Imani and one of the Timberline women drive up. They've found Georgie. Yay! Georgie's worried that Gemma is dead, but no, everyone's fine. She also mentions Ford and his furriness. And is also okay with it, just like Gemma, and just like everyone else will be. Eventually. <laughs> Georgie tells them about being with Eva and Al fucking Rutland, which, um, excuse me, what? He's alive? Cause nobody knows that. Except for us, you know, because we're reading yeah. the story. We well, omniped. Yes, unfortunately, he is alive. And Ford told Imani that he was following Georgie, but that he would do his best to distract him so they could all get back to their camp safely. Georgie said, Al isn't <laughs> furry like Ford is, and then he looked like a normal guy, which is interesting considering the last time they saw him, he was disgusting and, you know, also full of bullets. <laughs> <laughs> Why is he back and how? Imani answers that one. He's the destroyer. No, damn it. Ah, shit. Speaking of, Al is pissed, and so are his leeches. He's not surprised that Ford survived since he did, and he's pleased when he realizes that when he kills Ford, and he will, the teachers and the rest of the women will crumple without him because they're just that pathetic.
1: My god, what an absolute fucking loser he is. Oh my god. It's, it's sad, really. Oh, you can't survive because you're just little women and you need a man. Fuck off. <sighs> Mercury meets with Ford later that night, and while she's a little nervous, she knows Ford and isn't afraid of him. They talk about how and why he came back, and the same about Al fucking Rutland. Ford explains... He is the personification of the Green Man, the protector of the Earth. And Al is his balance, the exact opposite. Ford and Mercury and all their friends choose good, while Al and Eva choose evil. They know that Al is coming for them soon, so they will move everyone up to the cliff top. But Ford promises to keep Al away as long as he can. They kiss then, but don't do anything else, though... Mercury kind of wants to but she also kind of needs more time to because half. Ford is a perfect
0: if very gentleman and respects her decision <laughs> The next day everyone begins moving everything up to the clifftop and Imani starts building the adobe houses while Ford flies around keeping watch in his eagle form It's exhausting work but it all has to be done As night draws in, Mercury, Stella, Gemma, Karen, and Janet, a Timberline transfer, and probably Karen's new BFF, if we're being totally honest, rest in the original camp and not up top. Before Mercury goes to see Ford, she checks on Gemma's recovery from her near-death experience and her third missed exposure. She's feeling fine and realized she can do something new, which is pretty amazing. Her blood now has the power to return dead plants to life. And we kind of wonder, on behalf of all of the teachers and all of the grown-ups, if this would work on a coffee bean. Oh, God, I hope so. (laughs) Anyway, she wants to test it on a person the next time someone gets hurt. But, you know... No, nobody wants anybody to get hurt. Mercury leaves the group then to go see Ford, who tells her not to worry about Al fucking Rutland for that moment because he's not coming yet. And when he does, he will keep her safe. They spend the night enjoying each other's company. Wink.
1: Unfortunately, Ford accidentally showed Al where they were by flying around the area in his eagle form and then he tracked them to their exact location. Damn it. Damn it! He takes a few of Ava's goons to attack. Mercury wakes the next morning, enjoys some coffee and breakfast with her friends and then Ford rushes up to alert her that Al and his goons with guns are only a few minutes away. There's no way everyone can get up the clifftop quickly enough, but Stella, Amani, Georgie, Hayden and Caden K- rush up. They take Khaleesi and Dandy, the kitten, while Mercury, Gemma, Karen and Janet go to the river and use the rafts. Ford pops two of the rafts and starts loading everyone in when, S- when Stella, Amani and the children, plus the animals, join them. They're unable to take the path up to the clifftop because there's mist.
0: Everyone piles into the raft Minus Stella, Mercury, and Imani Who wear life jackets and float alongside it Ford pushes them into the river And uses his powers to keep the mist at bay But then Al and his cronies Start shooting at them And Gemma and several of the people Who are at the top of the cliff Shoot back It's a harrowing journey that scares Imani's kitten Who jumps into the river Imani goes after it And saves it but gets drawn into the mist again. Ford transforms into a giant salmon and pushes Imani through the mist and back to the raft. He swims away and transforms back into his eagle form. He uses his immense wings to waft the green mist at Al and his men who are dodging bullets that are still coming from the top of the cliff. Al is able to get away, but the men are not. But the only way he's able to escape is by shooting Ford in the wing. Al leaves the puddles of Eva's goons behind, but instead of returning to Madras and Eva, he goes to collect his scraggly men that he had with him in Book 1.
1: Ugh. Ugh, unwashed. Gemma uses her new bleed-on powers on Ford's arm after he transforms out of eagle form, and it works! Then the group begins their walk back to their home. They arrive in the evening and Ford is welcomed warmly by everyone. Doc Hillary and Jenny were able to move most of the rest of the important supplies up to the clifftop, so they all head up there to safety. Stella's intuition tells her that Al won't be back for a couple of days, so they eat and rest and celebrate their survival with wine and weed. Emani <laughs> leaves the group to go to her tree like she always does, and when she returns, she has something to share. Her third exposure to the mist has given her a greater ability to connect with nature and she tells the others that Grandmother Cedar took her in like her consciousness was inside the tree, which is pretty amazing. She learns things but hasn't quite processed everything just yet. Karen chimes in and shares her ability to connect with spirits. She knows that the Earth is happy with them and how they're handling the apocalypse Which is a very good thing.
0: Yeah, it is. Phew. (laughs) It's nice to have that thumbs up. Al and his scraggly men get to Madras. Iva's curious as to why Al's precious teachers aren't with him, but he explains everything that happened and why he brought the men that he has with him now. They plan on attacking the teachers and their clifftop very soon and want to bring Mercury and Ford back alive, but they don't really care about anyone else. Stella and Mercury know about the impending attack, so they prepare everyone on the cliff. They begin creating barricades and move boulders to the edge of the cliff so they can hide behind them and shoot. Mercury notices that Imani is not looking so good and plans to talk to her later, and also suggests that they keep making adobe bricks. Stella confirms all this to be a good plan and lets everyone know that they should be safe because there's only one path up to their settlement.
1: The attack happens at dawn the next day. Al and Eva bring around 50 men with them, and they pretty much have all the weapons. Mercury, Stella, Marcus, Amani and Ford stay at the cliff edge to face them while everyone else shelters behind them. Al shouts up with a bullhorn for them to surrender and Mercury shouts down with her super strength voice that they won't. I wish she'd just told them to go and fuck themselves.
0: I know, my God.
1: Then one of Al's goons shoots up at them with a grenade launcher. Well, shit, that's not going to be good. <laughs> oh, The group makes a plan to attack, but Imani stops them with a better, but frankly more terrifying idea. It's cool though. It's very cool.
0: (laughs) Very cool. The Earth has told Imani that the only way they will win this war is if they throw down all their weapons. Which they do. Al thinks they're surrendering, but of course they're not. Imani, Mercury, Stella, Karen, and Gemma gather buckets with water from their pool and knives and move to the edge. Everyone else stands behind them, hands held, and they all begin to chant. The air, the fire, the water, the earth, awake, 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 while the twin boys play the drums. The women slice their wrists and plunge them into their water buckets. Claim their gifts from the earth, Mercury, her warrior gifts, Stella, her sight, Imani, the mystic, Gemma, her healing, and Karen, her spirit. Then pour the water off the edge of the cliff. As the men below begin to shoot at them, thorny vines burst from the ground and impale them, and the mist swoops in and washes over any men who try to run away. Yay! It's amazing!
1: So all the men are dead. Al and Eva refuse to give up. Eva unhinges her jaw and lets loose a huge cloud of mosquitoes that swarm to her and carry her up to the top of the cliff, while Al and his leeches slither up the side. Oh. Eva's swarm begins to attack everyone, but Stella tells Mercury to go to their garden and gather up all their citronella, lavender and marigolds. Mercury returns and opens her wound, spilling blood on the insect repellent plants. She tackles Eva, drops the bloody plants on her and commands them to grow. <gasps> the plants kill the swarm and drags Eva's lifeless body underground. Al, meanwhile, has slithered up the side and has unleashed his... Leeches, on he's, them. He's
0: unleashed his leeches, is what I oh, meant. By that. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just gonna get rid of that. You should read that sentence over again. <laughs> unleashed sorry, sorry. his leeches.
1: You are not sorry for that. I'm Don't not. even pretend. <laughs> I'm leaving it in. Marnie runs off while her friends are attacked, but she returns shortly with a giant bag of salt. <laughs> She commands Ford, hold Al down, and Mercury hold his mouth open, which they do, all the while being attacked. Badass. And Marnie then pours the salt into Al's maw, killing him and all his leeches. When he dies, it begins to rain, and everyone who was attacked by Al is healed.
0: The next morning, the Core Four... Mercury, Stella, Imani, and Karen take in their new world and thank Grandmother Cedar and the Earth for caring for them. They promise to protect their new world and do better than mankind that came before them. Then they move over to study the wall of thorns that surrounds them. Imani tests a theory that she has that anyone who means no harm will be able to pass safely through the barrier. And she's right, which is good because Martina, the woman who escaped from Madras, arrives then. She tells the women that she was somehow drawn to them and they invite her to walk through the thorns and join them. She and her horse walk right through and Karen takes them off to show them around. The rest of the women believe that more people will be drawn to them and they will let them in. More bad guys will come. But they know that they will forever be safe as long as they live together in love and laughter and light. (gasps) And wine and weed. And wine and weed.
1: (laughs) Love and laughter and light and wine and weed. Love it. Love it.
0: So good. Everyone, enjoy... Some love and laughter and light and wine and weed.
1: As long as it's legal in your country slash state. Yes. And you are of legal age. Yes. Because this is not the apocalypse, I'm sorry to tell you. Yeah.
0: But you can only do it for like 30 seconds or so, however long this promo is.
1: Oh, you've got to, you've got to hustle.
0: Have you ever wondered
2: what Tina Fey has in common with Jonathan Swift?
1: Or how Star Wars is connected to feudal Japan? Or just how pervasive Shakespeare's influence still is. I'm Rhonda. And I'm Erin. And our show Pop DNA explores the literary and historical roots of your favorite pop culture works. Like the Greek mythology and early 20th century feminism echoed in the film Wonder Woman. Or the classic
2: dystopian fiction and real life political revolutions that informed the Hunger Games. Every month, we bring you a deep dive discussion of a selected pop culture work featuring jokes no one will think are funny and literary references no one asked for.
1: Find us at thepopdna.blog or anywhere you get your podcasts By the way, Shakespeare is bigger than Disney The duology has come to an end, Amanda I know
0: Oh oh, yes It was a very
1: satisfying ending So
0: good There were so, so many satisfying things that happened in this book.
1: Yes, yes.
0: Number one, throwing Chad off the cliff.
1: Oh, fuck you, Chad. Shut up, Chad. Nobody likes you, Chad.
0: Shut up, Chad. As soon as we
1: knew his name was Chad, I was like, oh,
0: God. Yep, yep. (sighs) And Lorelai King, the audiobook narrator, she, she had a Chad voice down. Oh, it was, it was
1: horrible, wasn't it? I ugh. mean, it was brilliant. It was brilliant. Oh yeah, but every it was time he spoke, you're like, "Shut, up, Chad! Shut, Chad! Shut, Chad!" No one cares about you. No one cares about you can, what you're saying. You could you could see his face you like, uh, uh, you guys are dumb. Uh, 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 you're just all women doing it. No, we're not all women.
0: Uh, Shut, Chad. Look, you're like healthy looking and stuff, but. I don't think you can carry anything up to the top of the cliff. Oh yeah, you know what I can carry up to the top of the cliff and then throw it right back off the other side? You.
1: <laughs> stupid fucker. Absolute stupid dick. <laughs> I was <laughs> as as happens, you know, talk about books that we're reading with spouse. I'm sure you do the same thing. <laughs> and I was explaining the Chad character and how yeah. soon as you knew... As soon as he came on, you are like, bad news. And then when you found out his name was Chad, you're like, oh my God. <laughs> but then I said... Which this made him chuckle. And I hope it makes you chuckle at least a little bit. I think they describe the the, the rocks on which they live on and the mountain cliff top and how there's these sharp rocks. And it's mentioned a few times. And then when he finally gets thrown off the cliff and he lands on the sharp rocks. I was like, it was Chekhov's sharp rocks. He's like... (laughs) He he enjoyed that. (sighs) Yes. I also (laughs) loved... Loved Al and Eva's deaths as well. Like, oh, so oh good. what's a leech? It's a slug. What do they not like? Salt. Do <laughs> so you know good. what Al? I hope your favourite was salty popcorn, and you
0: could eat it afterwards. Oh, because you're a disgusting fucker. <sighs> I loved. You know, you didn't you didn't really see much of them because obviously the story is focusing on the women and their new world and what they're doing the to make positivity. it a better place. Yes. So you don't really see a whole lot of Al and Eva except for when they're just, you know, planning things and being disgusting. But I loved when Eva was there at the end and she unhinges her jaw and mosquitoes come out like, oh, that's like... Wow, I love mm. that like horror creepy villainous woman look. Mosquitoes out oh ugh. and then you she can hear it as well. You zzzz. can and then she flies up to the top of the cliff and then they're like, Oh, here's some citronella Grow and then she gets absorbed into the ground. Ugh, so weird.
1: I worry about the ground. I think it won't I don't you know, when that happened I was like, No, she kills plants,
0: dump her in the ground. Look, Burn she wasn't. Bitch. Nah, she wasn't bleeding. It's her blood that does it, and you know, know the but, earth is gonna purify all that shit. I know, which is the, the
1: you know the saving grace. But honestly, I was like, ah, oh, ah, oh, oh, for
0: for a hot second, I was very worried. There was something that gave me a hot second worry too. Mm-hmm. Um, I got a little mm. worried traveling back in time just a little bit when mercury throws chad off the cliff
1: to check chekhov's sharp rocks yes
0: yes i thought oh no you know they throw him off and then the group from timberline arrives and they see his body and they're like what are you gonna do with it and they're like nothing right now and then they never come back to it which obviously they get rid of it whatever but they don't come back to it in the story it's not mentioned mm-hmm. again and so i thought oh my god is he gonna come back but then I thought, nah, there's not any mist around there. It's fine. They're going to be safe. But then they mentioned that when Imani and everybody was taking the kids up to the clifftop, they couldn't because there was green mist there. So then again, I thought, oh, no, nah. is Chad going to come back?
1: I think by then Chad's body would have gone. It would have been taken down from the rocks because it's not like he was thrown down Timberline came the attack happened it wasn't bum 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 boom. I know and no I'm sorry Chad Chad the thing is Al is evil Al has a vicious streak Al yes. has this posing pretend fake misogynistic oh, yeah. um alpha male dominance bullshit going on feeding yeah. his veins and Eva's like there's Badass bitch. And I don't mean that in a complimentary right. way. Right. Um, you know, she's a horrible slithering monster as well. Yeah. They've got this... They've got the villainous X-Factor. Yeah. Chad is a fucking dick. Yeah, he is. Chad is a Chad. Yeah. You can shut the fuck up. Yeah, you yeah. can. And then fuck off.
0: Yeah. But I just thought, like... I li- I just... I like the way it was written. Because PC is really good at leaving little bits left behind in case she wants to pick something up again later. Yeah. But it's also completely satisfying at the end in case she doesn't.
1: Yeah, we, we Chad is dead and we don't need to revisit that scumbag yeah. at all.
0: I don't want him to come back. And he's probably not gonna, but just the idea.
1: Yeah, no, I'm glad it's not... I. Uh, I don't think PC would write a character like Chad would be coming back to an abuser to, to terrorise his victim further.
0: Yeah, I don't think that you would do that either. No, not when you've got
1: Al and Eva in that big yeah. moment to happen.
0: Do you know what's something that I really like that is not about Chad? Or Al Tell or me. Eva? Tell me. That... Ford is the green man, which if everyone will go back to the interview we did with PC with Into the Mist, I was like, he's the green man, isn't he? And she was like, mm. <laughs> and he is, and he's amazing. I love oh, Ford. That.
1: I do as well. And I found his description to be delightful and one point hilarious the way he's wearing jeans.
0: Oh my god, I loved it when he was wearing jeans, <laughs> like the
1: cut cut like cut off short jeans. I'm like, oh my god, he's wearing jorts. He is,
0: he is. <laughs> I love it.
1: Oh, and I, I can just... uh, you can understand Mercury's heresitancy to you know have physical intimacies with a a theater,
0: like Huh
1: eh, it's a new world.
0: Yeah, but I do like that. She doesn't, you know, just jump on him immediately. And she stops to think about it like, what if I don't like it? What if I do like it?
1: <laughs> what if it's weird? What if it's weird? And I what like if it? it's
0: weird?
1: <laughs> what if it's not weird and I want it to be weird?
0: He could probably make it weird if if she told him she wanted it weird. I mean, to be
1: fair, he's got horns, hooves and you know, f- fur.
0: Does he have a tail? It, it's. Oh my God, I hope so. He
1: has to. <laughs> he has tail. to have one of those, t- those tiny little cute <laughs> tails. And every time he gets really like overly excited, wink, it just starts going crazy. Like, a, you know, like a dog's tail starts to wag. Except his little tail. <laughs> Excuse me, this is the green man. We should have more respect we for him. We need
0: to have more respect for the green man. We really, really do. <laughs> Waggling seder
1: tail. <laughs> oh, that is that has made my night. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Oh, Ugh. that's
0: hilarious.
1: Me too. Yes, I am glad that Ford came back properly and it wasn't just a dream, or you know that he he was physically there.
0: Yes. And
1: he was able to help them in the background. Yeah. Um, I was frustrated with Gemma. A lot in this episode. In this episode, this this book, this installment, because you know she she starts off in into the Misses a teenager, mm-hmm. but she's had to mature because her mother's not present.
0: Yeah, her mother was terrible. Her mother was terrible. Her mother was
1: there but not there. Um, and they. You know she's watching Imani and Mercury and I mean to an extent Karen as well because Karen's had a lot of growth as well and mm-hmm. you know she's she's watched all of these amazing ladies and Stella as well not forgetting Stella and um she's learning from them and she's becoming one of them but she was so freaking. A teenager in this one, I suppose. Yes. And I kept having to remind myself she's only sixteen and yeah, she hasn't an, an old soul. A mature spirit. Yeah. But at the same time, she's sixteen with sixteen hormones and she's met somebody who's close to her age. And yeah, he's a prick. But yeah, I was like, Gemma, calm yourself down. And when she finally was like Eh
0: I was so relieved. Yeah. It made me so mad when Chad was like, aren't you embarrassed to read books doing voices? And she's like, no. It's like a lot of fun. What's wrong with you? He probably doesn't even know how to read.
1: Shut Chad. Which, I mean, not to disparage anybody who can't read, there are reasons for that. But he's like one of these, he's actively, he learned to read as a child, but then actively fought to forget how to read. Because unless it's like he's the kind of guy who probably wears his jeans like that fall down, so all you can see are his you know Calvin Klein skinny mark boxer shorts. Yes. Flashing the back. Yeah, probably. Ugh! Shut up, Chad. He's pro. He probably um appropriate appropriates other people's cultures as well and tries to make it part of his identity.
0: Oh, he's gross. Because
1: he's such a prick.
0: But he's dead. Total.
1: Yeah, it's, she was stopped talking about Chad. I mean, it's fun Chad. to bash him, but still. Yeah, stop it. Ugh. I'd love to see the garden, though. I would love to see oh, their garden I know. and their homes. And I know. I'd love to see what their adobe houses look like once they're built. Yeah, you know, flash forward five years and see. It's going to be like a whole
0: city. It's going to be amazing.
1: <laughs> they'll have to go on another clifftop
0: They will, or they'll just have to ask the earth to like expand their cliff (laughs) do you need planning permission to put in extra help? I don't think so no? I don't think so
1: that's good you don't have to go through
0: all that red tape Mm -mm. no there isn't any more red tape because it's the apocalypse
1: that's true do you think the mist will ever go?
0: I don't know I have a lot of questions about the mist but also like you know we were just plopped down like essentially into the middle of this story like yes the bombs into the mist <laughs> the bombs happen in book one, but like you don't know anything about them. No, nope. because you know the world ends, and you don't know where the mist came from, what the mist is, what you know, like, who's responsible for it. You don't know any of that, and so I just like I wonder. I wonder if PC knows that.
1: I, you know, this is the beauty of it. It doesn't even having matter. The exactly, having the apocalypse happen so soon. Like, you know, chapter one apocalypse. Yeah. Um, you don't have the ability to communicate internationally or see news because people are dead or it just the technology's yeah. not there anymore. Yeah. So you're free not to think, well, this is the people who are responsible. This is the reasoning why. You don't need it. And to be fair, the, the world is such a crap show that any of and you can name half a dozen countries... Who would do something crappy like this? Yeah. Including our own. Yeah. So I like that open-endedness. But that's something that we appreciate. Yeah. We don't have all of the answers and we don't need all of the answers.
0: No, that's like one of our
1: favourite things. Exactly, exactly. So we can speculate to the goats finally come. But... We're not gonna get answers and I don't think we'll get answers off PC if I I'm don't perfectly think we will. Honest, because she doesn't need to have the answers and again, PC appreciates the openness of yeah. being able to tell your own story from that point on. Yeah. and do you know what I would love for like fan fiction to write their own installments in this you know a, you know perspectives of somebody from the Timberline coming to the the, the 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 cliff yeah or you know martina's story yeah or you know somebody in five years time finally finding a home with these yeah. guys or you know what some, about the what entire part, rest so, of the world well exactly you know exactly you've got the entire rest of the world It could be that not all of the world is even infected with the green mist.
0: I know. I was thinking that, and then I started thinking about M. Night Shyamalan. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Like, oh, it's just this. It's just this little corner, and they're fine. And they've decided just to leave them
1: to their own devices. Yeah. They are are the experiment. It could be. It could be. It
0: could be. Who knows?
1: Who knows? And... I would be very surprised if PC Cast wrote any more in this universe. Oh, I can't imagine she would do it either. I would love it, but it's not. I don't think it's going to happen.
0: No, I think if if we got anything else, it would be a novella because you know she's good at those too.
1: Yes. So. And I would be quite. I would enjoy that. Yeah. But really it's PC Cast, hours, so
0: yeah. you just have to enjoy everything.
1: Well Exactly. <laughs> I, I, do, I have really enjoyed this. Yes. And the audiobook was so well performed. Yes. Yes.
0: I agree. PC knows
1: how to write characters who you absolutely hate. Oh my
0: god, she's so good at it.
1: And she knows how to write a strong female character. And she knows how to write a found friendship. Yeah. Which is one of our favourite tropes. Yes. So, yeah, I really do enjoy it. I enjoyed it. Her inclusion of the magic and the paganism in this
2: mm-hmm.
1: probably the most in all of the series that i have read with PC because mm-hmm. they are included, it's obviously you know, um, yeah. part of her own life. But I really enjoyed the natural integration and in, out of all of the books, I think this duology mm-hmm. really showcases it really nicely, yeah, and it actually. Puts it in a context where, like the Karens of the world, can understand it and appreciate it. Yes. Um. Yes. Because it's adults as well, it probably helps out it's adults. Yeah. And they're able to express it in the correct ways, rather than it being yeah. too emotional. Yeah. It's an emotional thing, obviously. There's an emotional connection, but they're able to put it in the correct context that others can understand. Yeah. So I really do enjoy that. Yeah,
0: me too. Um, who's your favorite character in this one? Well, I mean, the
1: Khaleesi and Badger, both good doggos. Got to give my shout out to those. Uh huh. And Dandy. Um. Yes. Marcus, I really enjoyed Marcus. Yes, I like. Marcus. I enjoyed the way that Marcus was trying to look after Gemma and mm-hmm. um, trying to help Chad grow up. It was the last calls. Yeah. Um, but probably I'm gonna pick core four. Yeah. Um, uh, you know the we don't usually go for the main characters, but no, I am going to in this instance and say yeah, yeah. It Same, nice.
0: but me, I'm narrowing it down a little bit more. I um, I mean, you have to love Mercury, but because because Mercury is the main character. I also really loved Imani in this one. Imani had some amazing powers and some amazing growth. And, like, at the end of the last one, you know, you kind of just – you kind of wonder, like, what did Imani get from the mist? And then she has that prophecy. It's like the last lines of book one. And you're very shocked by it. Like, how's that – like, that's very similar to – what stella can do kind of so mm-hmm. how is this how, what what is this gonna mean and now she's going inside trees she needed more exposure she did and i'm glad that we found out
1: that multiple exposures is not necessarily a bad thing yes. it depends on
2: it depends on who you are on the inside
1: core being yeah mm-hmm. does that make you worry about your own exposure
0: I mean, if we're being truthful, I'd probably have mosquitoes on the inside.
1: I'm not taking leeches.
0: (laughs) I'd probably probably be full of bugs. No, not really. Just because I want (laughs) to be a villain and I like villains and stories. We're actually good people, Claire. We're not going to be full of bugs. That's okay. (laughs) <laughs> were you surprised by anything that no, you're not full of bugs. that you're not currently full of bugs thank god um um
1: the character who left from timberline keith keith he dies within like 10 minutes
0: <laughs> i know fuck that guy
1: <laughs> what an idiot i mean he was a misogynistic asshat and the reason he left is because he couldn't stand women being in charge it was awful. what a dick
0: it was awful oh especially when they're giving him supplies which they're giving him supplies
1: yeah food water medicines weapons a
0: gun, yeah a full <laughs> tank
1: of gas yes car
0: yeah and then uh they're like giving him the gun like do you know how to use this and he's like yeah and she's like no seriously do you know how to use this gun yes I'm a hunter like
1: fuck off never shot anything in his life fuck off Keith a BB gun in your grandpa's backyard or a potato gun when you were a kid shooting at cans does not make you a hunter no
0: shut up Keith Um, I'm glad he melted. Go be melted Keith. Can I tell yeah. you what, what I was surprised by?
1: <laughs> You're laughing, so it's gonna be fun. What <laughs>
0: the Ford wore
1: pants that one time. <laughs> <laughs> the jorts. He's
0: got his shorts on.
1: See it the jorts. Oh my
0: god. Like where do you find them? Where... Because they they couldn't have been his own pants that he was wearing no. prior, because they he's described as being you know much larger than he was before the Miz. I
1: have questions. I do. One of them is where do you get them? And the other one is how do you get them on?
0: I mean, he's got hooves, so you know, are they like are they skinny jeans?
1: Exactly. Are the flares?
0: <laughs> Has he had? I
1: mean are there elasticated waistbands so they can get over his little his, his little, little tail bum with his little tail? Said that Ford, set the tail free and let it flap out the back so we can, you know, tell when you're
0: happy. I just really, really loved that he was wearing pants. <laughs> I don't know why, it's stupid, but I love that he was wearing
1: I there. laughed. I honestly it wasn't like a, a lull moment, but I did. <laughs> <gasps> like, jokes?
0: Oh,
1: I have so I, many questions
0: yeah I also um, I'm, I'm a little bit shocked that everyone so like easily accepted him
1: I know but at the same time we don't know what the Timberline people have gone through to get from Timberline to yeah. the the new home
0: yeah. and
1: plus the mist and plus all the powers it gets to a point where you're just like yeah it's fine
0: Shrug. sure Shrug. yeah it's fine,
1: that guy's yeah. got hooves and horns and a little set of goat tail, and he's yeah. wearing jorts. <laughs> That's fine, it's fine. I'm going to go and put my magic blood in the soil and make this tomato plant grow.
0: It's fine, it's fine. <laughs> I wonder if any other men. If they were dying, if something bad happened to them and they were dying, and they took them to the mist, if they would also revive?
1: Oh, that's a good question. I and think also, it, it like depends on the spirit.
0: But like the rest of the guys that um that were at Timberline and are now with our core four, I mean, they all seem to be very good humans. So I wonder if they would have any any abilities and then also like what about the other women who weren't exposed do they do they test it out is doc hillary doing science experiments
1: with consent i
0: think i think
1: the other women because we know that the women would be quote-unquote safe it would be do you want to step in the mist and see if something happens yeah Um, But with the men, um, after the die, I mean, hopefully you've got to wait a while for that. It depends, I suppose, how and why they've died. Um, I can understand in the fight that Ford and fucking Al Rutland had Mm -hmm. and their spirit of vengeance and one of love um, kind of fought against death. So that love intermingled with the mist and also nature's wants and needs.
0: Yeah.
1: At the moment, I don't see any reason why, but it's an open-ended story. Anything could happen. Yeah. But Marcus lives a healthy old age and when he does pass away, he's surrounded by his family and he dies peacefully in his sleep. Because he's a big teddy bear of a man who I can only imagine gives the best hugs.
0: Yeah. So I think should we do some would you rather? I think we should do would you rather?
1: We asked on social media, would you rather control a clue of leeches or a cloud of mosquitoes? And we all cheer for plural now, plurals.
0: I know. I was so happy. I it's not even in the book but i was like what is what is a group of leeches called clue what is collective How fun is that
1: noun of leeches a clue i love collective I love nouns. nouns on it's just some of them are just the oddest things they're amazing yeah on facebook 66 percent said mosquitoes on instagram 56 said leeches and on TikTok 79% said mosquitoes and we have some comments. We do. Emily on Facebook said I choose a cloud of mosquitoes because those insects can really bite so they can be useful as long as I train them properly to do my bidding. <laughs>
0: Bree on Facebook says, Mosquitoes! More mobile, with more diseases they carry. Fly, my pretties, fly! Fly!
1: Can, can I just say thank you to Emily and Bree for giving your souls dramatic points?
0: It was really good.
1: Coral on Facebook said, They both suck blood, but mosquitoes can fly and swarm faster than leeches. Plus, they're more annoying.
0: That's true. Colin on Facebook says, I'm going to go with leeches. The psychological trauma caused by being covered with a whole mess of leeches can't be overstated. I mean, don't get me wrong. You don't want to be covered with mosquitoes either, but those slimy little suckers. No, thank you, nurse. I like nurse. No, thank you, nurse. <laughs> Gross. <laughs> was thinking wow. about
1: it. Constance on Facebook said, I feel like mosquitoes have a higher travel range and less maintenance overall, so let's go with my boogie vampires. All vampires, all the time.
0: All vampires, all the time. Candy on Facebook says, imagine waking up in the middle of the night and you are covered in leeches. Nothing worse. Just the thought makes me die inside. The leeches would have to be sneak attacks. <laughs> In Glim
1: Glam Gem on Instagram <laughs> said, I will command a clue of leeches because it just sounds cooler. Besides, leeches are at least twenty percent cooler than mosquitoes. <laughs> this sounds like Glim Glam Gem has been doing some surveys.
0: It does. It does sound like that. She's been doing some science and also some science. math.
1: Wow. I Statistics know. is
0: hard. I know okay what are you doing
1: I hate both of these yeah it's disgusting I think I have more context for leeches though because I've actually seen leeches whereas Ugh. mosquitoes are like you know it's not really a UK based insect Ugh. are you picking leeches I don't I'm thinking about it I'm thinking Eva's mosquitoes are inside of her which is gross Oh, fucking Rutland's leeches are on his person which is Ugh. Ugh. I'm going to go with leeches and I'm going to affect like a villainous persona of like a plague doctor I'm going to go full comic book supervillain, so I can command the leeches in like a medieval style mm-hmm. plague doctor mm-hmm. but like You know, a modern, hot one, you know, who's got tits. Um, (laughs) Yeah, of course. Because I'm going to go for the silent, but deadly. Mm -hmm. And the idea of waking up covered in the leeches, like Candy said, horrible. Yeah. That's horrific. But also, I like the way, I like the way, um, I appreciate, I don't know. Kudos? No, this is wrong. I can't find Uh, the right word.
0: There are no... I acknowledge. No I acknowledge
1: the way that Al fucking Rutland hid the leeches in the river, waiting for the teachers, where it got another animal instead. Yeah, you. I feel like you could do those silent attacks. a bit yeah. Easier with it. With it. Yeah. So my supervillain persona is going to be a plague doctor with leeches. Okay, I'm
0: fine with But that.
1: I'm not having them on my person because that's just wrong. It's just nasty. I'm gonna be able to command them to come to me, not live on me, because that's I just think... nasty.
0: I think what you should do in your persona is wear them like a cloak.
1: Yes, I'll do that. I'm gonna have a, a living really
0: creepy Sucky, leechy cloak.
1: Yes. And I'm gonna have a, a, a lab with loads of them in jars, different mm-hmm. jars and stuff.
0: And then And
1: feeding on things. Yes.
0: And then you're going to unleash them.
1: Then I'm gonna unleash them. <laughs> unleach my pitties. It's this is very um <laughs> What is that Ben Stiller movie called where they're all superheroes with the baller and Mystery men. Mystery men, yes. Um I feel like The Unleacher.
0: Yep. Yeah, that's you Doctor Unleach. Doctor Unleach Doctor Leech. I mean, I liked Unleacher.
1: I th- I've got... I'm going to be in that universe because I need to do it for the lols. I need to go to... Um, oh, Casanova, Frankenstein's... Yes. Parties. Yes. And that that that's Wearing where your I'm leech in. cloak. Wearing my leech and cloak. And your plague, so, Dr. plague Doctor mask. I'm my Plague Doctor mask. So this is my universe where I yeah. will be the supervillain.
0: I think that's... Fantastically terrible.
1: I've just developed an entire thing. You okay. have. Your turn. Your turn.
0: I don't have any of that.
1: But well, you've got to. I, I, I've literally done it, Spur of the moment. Come on. I know.
0: I know. Um, yeah. Okay. Well, as we discussed earlier, I loved when Eva unhinged her jaw and mosquitoes came out. So clearly that's what I'm going to do. I also really appreciate that from Strange the Dreamer Lainey Mm -hmm. Taylor having like you know the moths that character Sarai she had moths on the inside and you know just let them out I don't know I just think that's fun and creepy and very evil and if I was going to be a villain which obviously I would be Um, I think that's a fantastic power but I like I'm not a fan of the mosquitoes and biting because they're itchy, it's itchy. Mm. It's very itchy. Um, So I don't like that. And I feel Is like... Is that
1: not worse than actually having them suck your blood? You know, you just get one mosquito bite in a really uncomfortable place and you just can't stop itching at it. Is that yeah. not the ultimate evil?
0: Yeah, that's... I mean, that's what I was going to say. Like, I, I don't think that I would be, using your words that you just said, an ultimate evil. I would be, like, an annoying evil. I would just be... Be pestering. I would be the pest. Well, there's your supervillain name, the pest. <laughs> yeah, okay. I'll be the pest. And uh, I'm the the, the the pest with the best. You've got a catchphrase. So do you.
1: I will unleach you. <laughs> it's just terrible. Now, am I, the, am I the unleacher or Dr. Leech? I can't remember. I
0: prefer the unleacher. That sounds more mystery men. You know, because the shoveler.
1: True, true. And the ball, they're all there. You could be to the Casanova Frankenstein's party as well. Yeah, But you course. can like burst through the door, like the mosquitoes, or burst the doors open for you. Uh-huh. And you are carried on mm-hmm. a cloud of mosquitoes. Yeah, I won't it. walk
0: anywhere anymore.
1: no 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 and you've got like thigh high stiletto boots on and then you just kind
0: of do some
1: kind of like you know um, 70s style dancing as you come through
0: Yes, you know I I almost I'm sad I'm sad can I just tell you I'm sad that you are wearing the plague doctor mask because that's very silhouette of a mosquito which makes it even better that it doesn't actually match what you're doing That makes your whole mystery men thing, like, a thousand times better. You know, it's like the Blue Rajah. That's true,
1: but your make makeup is designed after mosquito wings.
0: Yes, of course. Yes. And I will, myself, wear wings. They don't work. No, but you have the wing cloak.
1: Yes but Which, my... as the mosquitoes will carry you around will help flutter and make it seem as if yes. you are yourself flying
0: i actually prefer to have my mosquitoes carry me very close to the ground as if i'm floating on a red carpet made of mosquitoes
1: yes it, it's logical
0: <laughs> I'm next question
1: think about this god i wish i wish i could do fan art of this
0: you know who can do fan art that's true. Superfan Bree. Come on, Superfan Brie, Can you please draw this the for The pest us?
1: and the unleacher. Yes. <laughs> Let's move on to the next question before we come up with an entire comic. Uh-huh. And then we end up having to like get in touch with a publisher and be like, please do this.
0: I mean, we could do that anyway.
1: I mean, we could do that anyway.
0: Would you rather, Claire... <laughs> Turn into a salmon or an eagle.
1: Oh, neither. I want to be the unleacher. Um. Oh, I love to eat salmon. So I'm going to turn to the eagle so I can eat the salmon. Okay. Um. <laughs> but also because I remember the conversation that we had about um eagle sounds and I how eagles oh sound gosh. really dumb.
0: And do you know what? That was I forgot. I completely forgot that that was included in this book. And they talk about that. And they're like, you know, that's not actually what an eagle sounds like. Like Because they driving. don't know. Because they don't know. know what that sound is. I was driving
1: <laughs> when that bit happened. And I was just pulling onto a... a, 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 a I was on the, the motorway and I was just pulling off and I couldn't stop laughing.
0: <laughs> I had completely forgotten about that. Because, like, I listened to this. Of course I did as soon as the book came out. But uh, I had forgotten that that happened, and then we had that conversation separately in like six or seven other episodes, and then it happens again. Yes, so I, good. I, I cut
1: to Claire in the car, laughing her head off, doing bad, choking eagle noises. What's <laughs> <laughs> <for most> the journey <laughs> of the journey? All ah. Oh. Next question.
0: I didn't even answer that one. Oh,
1: I thought you did. I thought you picked Eagle as well for the same reasons. So I mean you do probably that stupid I should. Laugh and yeah. Joking cry thing.
0: yeah, probably Ugh. I should. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what I wanted. That that would be great, just just for the sound effects. It's all I want in this world. Please insert sound effects here. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, okay. <clears throat> would you rather have Gemma's healing ability? Or Doc Hillary's <sighs> I know I'm going to pick Doc Hillary's. The I think idea I'm gonna pick hers a, as well. Yeah, the idea of really picking being able to help people and their mental health, you know, having a lot of very close family members and friends who are affected mm-hmm. by mental health, if I could just help them, I would mean the world to me.
0: Yeah. And she can also heal physically as well, just
1: but More just a little
0: bit. Yeah. Like she she can soothe your physical wounds as well, but she's better with mental health and I I I just think that's better. Although I do appreciate Gemma's evolution. Yes. And how at the end she doesn't even have to She doesn't have to, like, use any of her physical, like, or her energy. She can just bleed on you. I wonder
1: how much she could, like, bleed in a, like, a big bucket of water and how long it would still be potent. Yeah. Would it degrade? Does
0: it keep retain it? Yeah, I don't know. If If it retains, imagine what the path down the river looks like because that's where she discovered she had that ability was when she was in the water yeah and she saw a log or whatever regenerate like what's happening on down the river then well once a month it gets a boost that's all i'm (laughs) saying but then you have to think does that actually count is does that count does it have to be living blood? That was the True. whole thing with, like, Twilight and why menstruation in Twilight wasn't bad because it wasn't living blood or something.
1: Well, bad. we're never going to get that answer, are we? Because we're not. it's a duology. We're not. You, you can just imagine she's, like, cut a finger, you know, just tiny, like a paper cut or something. She's like, ah, damn. She goes and has a bath and suddenly the entirety of the hillside's healed. <laughs> yeah. Hey, it's perfect. Well, there you go.
0: Okay. Would you rather? This is going to be a difficult one to answer because I know that we're going to want to do all of them, and there are three options this time. No! I know. At least with two, we can split it. Yeah. Not this time. Would you rather toss Chad off a cliff, citronella Eva, or salt Al fucking Rutland?
1: um yeah i want to do all of them yeah all of them right i'm gonna i'm gonna toss i'm gonna sparta chad off that cliff Mm -hmm. and as he falls down because he was picking flowers at the time he was picking citronella flowers he falls off the cliff dramatically Mm -hmm. and in slow motion you see the citronella flowers fall out of his hand and land in Eva's open gob okay and then as he lands on Chekhov's sharp rocks next to the bucket of salt that goes tipping down the mountainside onto Al fucking Rutland who is salted like the giant slug he is excellent I don't know this is difficult. All of them. I want to do all of them because they all the of, order them. of them for very different reasons, but I have a feeling that Al fucking Rutland has got some of the similar traits that Chad has. Chad would go down Rutland's route.
0: Yeah. <sighs> if Al would have just, like, gotten, gotten over himself and left them alone... You know, you and Eva... You can stay in Madras and don't bother us. Then the answer is toss chat off a cliff. Because I feel like if Eva, if Alan and Eva hadn't gotten together, Eva would still be doing her shit in Madras, which is not great. No. However, she has learned to stop slaughtering people and to, you know, milk, milk them, milk them for their blood. I'm so, sorry,
1: but not for one second when she was like oh you're gonna get moved to these snug little houses next to the garden i'm thinking yeah those snug little houses are aka the compost heap
0: yes (laughs) however if they hadn't gotten together i don't think she would have become as bad as she did and then we create our beautiful sanctuary in the sky and everybody starts coming and so they just start sneaking away from Madras and she can't do anything to stop them and so then she can just fizzle off and die all on her own if she hadn't gotten involved with Al and if Al had just been respectful and stayed dead then we could just kill Chad Yeah. instead we have to kill all of them
1: yeah don't at us for picking options D, E, and F.
0: Yeah. Just come on, all.
1: Just kill them all. Last question. The duology is complete. Which ability would you rather have? And you can choose any of them. Any of them. And you may pick having a. Say it at the lower half so you can have the little tail. That's
0: fine. I mean. If I get to pick any, and you're including Ford and his blue jeans, that's what I'm going to pick. Because he can transform into an eagle and a salmon and probably any other animal that he chooses to transform into. Plus he has horns? Like, yeah, that's what I pick. Do you think he transforms into
1: the eagle? Like, scooches, scooches down so he's roughly got the shorts on and then transforms back into his the self? So the shorts actually fit onto his butt. Cause I just I can't understand how he gets them on. He's gonna have very thick thighs. And uh-huh. pulling that waistband over those thick thighs.
0: Well, I mean, it's got actually, it's got, you know, a button and a zip. Even then, doesn't always happen. The, what if they're the, breakaway what if they're breakaway pants? They're oh breakaway my blue God. jeans.
1: He went to the Mitchell strip joint to get the brickwear pants. <laughs> he did. <laughs> That's perfect. No notes. Happy with that right answer.
0: Oh, God, they're bejazzled.
1: What, what you never find out is at the on the back of the butt, it says sweet.
0: No, on the back of the butt, it says the goat. <gasps> Greatest of all goat. time. And he's like, nah, nah, it's just me.
1: It's perfect. (laughs) I love that so much.
0: (laughs) I'm glad that he has bedazzled breakaway blue jeans.
1: Bedazzled breakaway blue jeans. You know when something's so funny you can't laugh? I'm like... <laughs> I'm in love with this concept. <laughs> I'm also trying to think how we can get these in the merch shop. I know, I wish we could do these little tails sticking out the top.
0: <laughs> I think we need to move on.
1: Do we have to? I'm loving the imagery. Okay. Oh, we Favorite need ability. Move? sorry. We need, no, we need I'll... to, we haven't answered this question.
0: I did. Did you? I am picking the bedazzled breakaway blue jeans. I'm picking Ford. I'm picking Ford's powers. Because you gave me permission to have Ford's powers.
1: Okay. Now I've gone back to the blue jeans with goat, the tassels on the back. God,
0: that's amazing. Um, I know. I'm sorry. I don't feel
1: I, really I can answer this one because that was like the perfect. There is answer. an option
0: for leggings in the Red Bubble shop, so I'm gonna have to make a pair of leggings with goat on the butt.
1: <laughs> Thank you. Um, I'm going to. Okay. I'm going to pick Doc Hillary's Just you know, see above answer. I am. If you're gonna have the bedazzled okay. butt, then I'm gonna, I'm gonna heal everybody. There we go. <laughs> yes. Yeah. The healing will be. Please check out this bedazzled butt, yeah. and miraculously, everybody's like, Ah. Okay. Favorite final thought quote. I'm just gonna give you a couple. You never fail to say the most interesting, heartless things. Oh. And I I don't take this as an insult, but I thought of you about this line. Not because I think you're heartless, but because it's like how you would want your villainous persona to be. Oh,
0: yeah.
1: So this is you as the pest. Thank you. Um you're, oh, I love this one. I love this one. And it's from the this the, the 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 difficult trigger warning chapter. You're a yes. fucking survivor. That's a badge of honour and no damn body is going to make you feel less than that.
0: Ugh. Oh.
1: I was like, yes, yes. I
0: love how yes. they all came and just protected I loved Gemma.
1: The instant judgment: you committed yes. the crime, you you pay.
0: Yeah. You got any others? Let's change the world. Oh, so good.
1: I'm going I'm to leave the rest to you. I'm going to leave the rest okay. to you.
0: Okay. Going back to Chad. You're going back down, but you aren't taking the path. And I won't need to untie your hands. Fuck you, Chad. Fuck you, Chad. Shut up, Chad. I mean, is is there ever a
1: name that has... Is it... What's that phrase? Nomin- nominative determinism? than Chad. Oh so bad. Chad. Fuck you, Chad. Fuck you, Chad.
0: Trust him. He's not Satan. I give you my word.
1: (laughs) He's not Satan. He's a He's a a
0: goat. He's the goat. He's the goat. Look at his little bejazzled jeans. (laughs) What was the old adage? That vengeance was best served cold. Al didn't believe that. He believed at any temperature. Vengeance was tasty. <laughs> I fucking Thank hate Al fucking Rutland, but... <sighs> it's another one the pest has taken. I loved their ritual scenes. Mm. I love... Air is my breath. Fire my spirit. Water is my blood. Earth my body. And they just keep saying it over and over again. And they're dancing and planting stuff just amazing I also would like to say remember this is the apocalypse not prom I will plant
1: these bushes with my prom dress on I want to look pretty Hmm.
0: I think I'll end with there will always be more bad guys but that just means we need to live loudly and joyfully to balance it
1: I will leave you with,
0: there is no cat limit. <laughs> I love that. Oh, Chad. Oh, you need another cat? many cats Chad. do you need? Fuck you, Chad. Fuck you. Can that be a quote? <laughs> Fuck you, Chad. Shut up, Chad. Fuck you, Chad. Shut up, Chad. <laughs> Definitely. Ugh. If you liked this, try this. <laughs> I found this on a list,
1: and I can't remember what the list was, so... Bad me. Bad me. And it's called Any Sign of Life by Rhea Carson. It's a post-apocalyptic. Paige Miller is determined to take her basketball team to the state championship, maybe even beyond. But as March Madness heats up, Paige falls deathly ill. Days later, she wakes up attached to an IV and learns that the whole world has perished. Everyone she loves and all of her dreams for the future gone. But Paige is a warrior. She pushes through her fear and her grief and gets through each day scrounging for food, for shelter for safety. As she struggles with her new reality, Paige learns that the apocalypse did not happen by accident and that there are worse things than being alone. It felt like it had a lot of uh, potential themes that um, the this duology's had mm-hmm. um, but obviously centred on a more YA um character yeah, and it, it sounds quite quite nice it also reminded me a little bit of um, is it the loneliest girl in the universe oh yes quite insular as well so yeah. if you want to like, just be very hyper focused on one particular character in their story I think this one sounds in, like an interesting read for that
0: yeah what have you got mine that I also found on a list of apocalypse books Probably BuzzFeed. I feel like that's when I get, or Booklist. I think mine might have been Epic, or epic reads, reads as well. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. There's so there's so many. It might be Epic Reads. Um, this one is called Moths by Jane Hennigan. And I'm sorry that that's what the title of the book is because we all know how you feel about a moth. Do you know, I, I hate
1: moths, but at the same time, I respect, like, Moth. I love Mothman. Yeah. It's weird. I don't know what's going on. Actual moths can fuck off. Mothman for life.
0: Okay. Moths by Jane Hennigan. Forty years ago, the world changed. Toxic threads left behind by mutated moths infected every man and boy either killing them quietly in their sleep or turning them into crazed killers who attacked on impulse. No one was safe from their psychopathic wrath, and no one could help them. All seemed hopeless. But humanity, as it does, adapted and moved on. Now a matriarchal society reigns, and men are kept in specially treated, dust-free facilities for their safety, never able to return to the outside. Mary has settled herself into the new world, taking care of the male residents at her facility. But she is one of the few people who remembers what life was like before the change, and she is haunted daily by her memories of her family, of her joy, of him. Now the world is quiet again, but only because secrets are kept safe in whispers. And the biggest secret of all? No one wants to live inside a cage. (laughs) (laughs)
2: Oh.
1: <laughs> oh. <laughs> do we have a new
0: spotlight? We do, but it's not new. This one came out in May. Newish. Newish. It's called the Dataless Protocol by Jeff Schechter. And it is also apocalyptic. A deadly pathogen has been unleashed across the globe, killing livestock and destroying crops as it spreads. A near extinction event from worldwide famine will be certain if it's not stopped in time. A mysterious man known only as Daedalus, possessing advanced technology and seemingly unlimited resources, has assembled a crew of notable soldiers and scientists for a mission to stop the coming plague. Embarking on a perilous archaeological odyssey, this elite team, led by SEAL commander Griffin Oak, delves from the depths of ancient tombs to the heart of the Catholic Church in order to unearth a long-buried treasure required to save the world. Racing against time and a crazed zealot hell-bent on annihilation, they must find the location of the fabled Fountain of Youth to thwart the coming threat." I know. I shocked you with the fountain of youth. Throwing I, that in there,
1: I had I, I had like certain like Indiana Jones feels. I there, know you know where I it, know, turns, like, yes. it seems fairly innocuous, but ta da! Big thing actually. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. I, yeah, I, like I felt it. the same yeah. thing when I was Good. reading the summary. Like yes,
1: <laughs> I like it. I like it. That sounds it sounds like an absolute like adventure. Yeah, cool. cool. Okay, cool. I
0: like it. That's it for this episode of Fictional Hangover. I'm Amanda. And I'm Claire. Join us next time as we discuss Burn the Negative by Josh Winning. With Josh Winning. Look out for our Would You Rather polls on social media. Don't forget about our book club and monthly challenges on Facebook. Be sure to visit our shop on Redbubble at fictionalhangover.redbubble.com for all your favorite fictional hangover-themed merchandise, including goat. Leggings (laughs) leggings, <laughs> and become a patron of ours on Patreon at patreon.com slash Hangover. Until next time, remember, the only cure for a fictional hangover is another book.
1: You can find us at fictionalhangover.com, follow us on Instagram, Threads, TikTok and YouTube at fictionalhangover and find us on Facebook at facebook.com fictionalhangover. If you like this episode, check out our others and be sure to rate, review and subscribe so you don't miss out. And finally, special thanks to Liz Emerson for our music. You can find her on Facebook and Patreon. Thanks for listening.